So we're zipping around Proverbs a little bit tonight, but we're on the theme of speech, on the theme of our words. You might find it helpful to have your Bible app on your phone open in front of you, or grab one from the back. We're going to start with Proverbs 10, verse 18. It says this, whoever conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words. Proverbs sets out some warnings for our use of speech. It sets out some things that we shouldn't do, and later we'll look at the things that Proverbs says that might help us. But here we've got someone who conceals hatred and someone who slanders, and both of them are a form of dishonesty. They're both uh, a deliberate, malicious way of using words to harm another. It's a deliberate bending or hiding of the truth. But there's no good in it. If you look, what, what, what does it say? Sin is not ended by multiplying words. You see, it's saying that no matter how many words these people use, those who have set out for malicious gain, that they cannot save themselves, no matter how many words they use. In fact, Proverbs goes on, 10.21, it says, fools die for lack of sense. You see, it doesn't matter. You can say as many words as you would like, but it's not going to save you from sin. And it's pretty clear, isn't it, that Proverbs is saying that malicious talk, that gossip is no good for us at all. It only leads to our own downfall. But what we say doesn't only impact our lives, it impacts those around us, our friends, our families, our workplaces, our community. Look at Proverbs 11, 12. Whoever belittles their neighbor has no sense. Verse 13, a gossip betrays a confidence. Here uh, in, in chapter 11, gossip, slandering, uh, give us two kind of explicit examples of what it means to belittle a neighbor. And again, these are malicious words. They're, they're with intent to hurt the other. And at the time when Proverbs was written, if you went to the elders meeting at the city gate and you badmouthed your neighbor, then that neighbor may well end up dead. Proverbs 11.9 says this, you know, with their mouths, the godless will destroy their neighbors. Okay, we're in 21st century UK. That does not happen here. But what about bad-mouthing your colleague to the boss so that they don't get that promotion or worse, get sacked? Or what about you know, talking about a neighbor or a friend behind their back so that they miss out on a party or friendship altogether? Or what about something that I know that I've been guilty of in my past, taking aim at a sibling? Proverbs warns us that this kind of language, this kind of malicious talk is not good. And it talks about it in the most kind of extreme terms. It brings destruction on relationships. It brings destruction on communities. But you're looking at me because you're all nice people saying, John, John, I know that you're kind of, you know, you have your malicious tendencies with your brothers, but I'm not like that. I'm a nice person. I'm good. Yeah, right. Well, Proverbs 26, 18 has something to say to us nice people. 
like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death, is the one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. You see, whereas Proverbs in 10 and 11 are concerned about malicious acts, the proverb here in 26 highlights a stupid or perhaps thoughtless comment. And that can be just as destructive to our relationships, to our community. And if you're anything like me, you know just how easy a thoughtless comment is made. It just slips out. When I was uh, a youth worker, I, uh, back in Oxford, the youth team used to just go really, really quiet in the office. And it was dead quiet. And they used to start counting in their heads. One, two, three, four. And it was about five seconds every time before I said something. Because I, I, I hated sitting in silence. I couldn't, so I used to just, as soon as silence came, I was like, oh, I've got something to say. And often it would be something really, really stupid because I just needed to fill the silence. And even last week, we were in the youth, uh, we were having a staff meeting up there and, and we're having some banter and I don't want to miss out on banter. So uh, I disengaged my brain, took aim at Zoe and rather than being funny, I just insulted her. And I had to apologize afterwards. It was awful. They just slip out. If you're anything like me, they, these thoughtless words just slip out all too easily. Proverbs would put it that, that these are words that come without wisdom. And we've probably heard that phrase, right, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, it's not true. It's a, it, that phrase is not true. Our speech has real power. It has real power to, to hurt, to wound, to offend. It has destructive power to bring down friendships, to bring down relationships, even to bring down communities. And I want to share a very short story about when I was a youth worker back in Oxford, and uh, there was a missing person report that went out to the police. And the police charged up onto the estate, and they went around asking everybody, have you seen this girl who's missing? Now, bear in mind, I was in the pub two miles away, the other side of town. But a couple of girls decided that it'd be hilarious and very clever if they told the police that this missing girl was in my house. So the police charged over with all their vans to my house. The only person in my house was my housemate who was enjoying the tranquility of an empty shared house and having a bath. Knock, 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 knock. The door kept knocking louder and louder and harder. So eventually she thought, this must be an emergency. I've got to get up. So she wrapped a towel around her, ran down the stairs, opened the door, and there's a police officer saying, I need to come and search your house. Go and stand in the front garden. She's like, but I'm wearing a towel. Just as they entered the house, they heard over the radio that this girl had been found in a completely different part of town. But I had an angry housemate. I had uh, a community that had gathered to watch what was going on in my house. They'd gossip mill had started up and there was rumors going around. Yes, we've never seen John get raided before. You know, this is exciting news. I wonder what it's all about. You know, it really undermined my whole community and youth work for a number of months. I had to invest so much harder to repair the damage that these two girls had caused. From their stupid little joke. 
You see, the words that we have have power to impact lives. But Proverbs warnings don't end there. We've got one more because these, these words, whether they're malice or whether they're thoughtless, are also tasty. Look at 26, 22. The words, of the, go- the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. And what uh, Proverbs is actually saying here is that, that gossip is like McDonald's, right? You walk past the McDonald's and those golden arches kind of go, come in, think of all my tasty food, come in, come and sit and eat a Big Mac and eat my fries. Come and come, let me tempt you in, come on. And so you go in and you buy a Big Mac and you sit down and you think, why am I doing this? And yet somehow, miraculously, they make it tasty and you eat it and you think, oh yes, that was good, I'm full, I've eaten a Big Mac, what a happy day. And then it's not just me because I asked the 10.30 audience and they knew too. What happens 10 minutes later is you burp. And as soon as you burp, you're as hungry as you were before you even ate your McDonald's. You, does that ring bells with the rest of you? It does for Sam. That's great. But 10 minutes, you're hungry again. And all you're left with is the rotting sugar and the fat sitting, eating you up from the inside. You see, that is what gossip does. It tempts you in, but all it does is rot you from the inside out. You see, these words don't just cause harm, they're actually tasty, and we need to combat them. So what wisdom does Proverbs have for us in that respect? Well, Proverbs 10, 19 is where we're going to start. You see, remember, it was many words of those who concealed hatred and spread slander. What does 10, 19 say? The prudent hold their tongues. Or if 11, 12 says the same thing, the one who has understanding holds their tongue. You see, self-restraint is the opposite to the destructive many words of the fool or the gossip. And many wrongs can be avoided by holding your tongue, by choosing a well, choosing just a few good words. And 10, 20 pairs words with heart. In the proverb, it pairs words with heart. And where words are paired with heart, there is blessing. There is value and there is blessing. And and what Proverbs is saying, when, when Proverbs refers to heart here, it's actually talking about wisdom. So where we pair our words with wisdom, there is great blessing. And I think this, this uh, image of the heart for wisdom is, is really helpful for us today. So easily what dominates my heart also dominates my mouth. What dominates my heart dominates what I say. And I can't stand here and say that it's always who it should be. And I certainly can't say that it's always filled with wisdom. And I also know that just trying a little bit harder to to say better things, to say good things, doesn't really work. You see, when I was a teenager, I was pretty hot-headed. I would fly off the handle at the, the smallest thing. And later on in my teens, I realized that actually this was a, a character trait that I needed to deal with. 
And so I tried hard to, to not be angry. I tried hard to not react to those small things that angered me. But the same things just kept on uh, triggering my anger again and again and again. Finally, kind of without any other options, I said, all right, Jesus, come on then, you deal with it. And I laid my anger down at his feet. And, and like an ogre, uh, my heart is like an onion. And uh, God peeled back layer upon layer upon layer of stuff that needed dealing with. Stuff that surrounded my anger. Stuff that led to my anger. And it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't nice to face myself, to face my own flaws. But it was work that I needed to do. It's work that God needed to do in my life. And I am grateful for it now. You see, my heart was filled with anger. So what came out of my mouth was anger. But now I have let Jesus into that part of my life more often than not. More often than not, it's Jesus who comes out instead. And so the challenge of Proverbs for us today is what, or, or maybe I should say who, is in our hearts. Is Jesus front and center? Does he take main stage? To our speech, so that what we say is seasoned with him, seasoned with wisdom. You see, when our words are seasoned with Jesus, when our words are seasoned with wisdom, they are, as 1020 says, like silver. Our words become like silver. They're precious and valuable. Or 2513, they're like a, a cold, refreshing drink on a hot summer's day. But they're not just beneficial for us. Wisely chosen words, seasoned with wisdom, build and nourish, 1021, nourish the whole community. And the word nourish there is the same word that's used of a shepherd uh, tending and looking and caring for his flock. And that image is also used in the Old Testament for God or for the, the king of Israel as they care for their people. You see, the words that we choose, if they are seasoned with Jesus, if they're seasoned with wisdom, are good for building up and caring for our community around us. They're good for encouraging one another and leading people towards Jesus and safety and eternal life. Or as Proverbs 11, 11 puts it, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. So this evening, as we gather here, my question is, who is at the center of your heart? And if there is anything that, that needs to be peeled away, anything that needs to be shaken off, anything that needs to be laid down at the foot of his cross. Maybe it's a character trait that you've grown up with. Maybe it's something that someone has spoken over you that's unhelpful. Maybe it's something from the world that, that kind of speaks over you that's just not true, that we need to lay it down so that our hearts may, may meet Jesus in a deeper place so that his wisdom speaks through our words. Shall we stand together as we pray? Fiona's going to come up and, and we're going to lead into some ministry time. The band will come up as well.